Hey guys, John here for Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis, right on Hennepin Avenue Northeast. Great tap room, great beers. Probably heard us on the John Krasinski show talk about Crunch Time, the summer beer that we collaborated with Head Flyer on. They also have a couple of new ones to uh, showcase in the tap room and in cans uh, that are going to be distributed here shortly. It's Hawaiian Sophie, a pineapple pale ale loaded with 200 pounds of pineapple puree and a tropical hop combo of Brew One and Sultana. They also have Easy Does It, a hazy IPA, uh, featuring the OG hop combo of Citra and Mosaic. Stop in there, have a beer, tell them John Krasinski sent you, tell them Talk North sent you, enjoy some great beers, some great merchandise at Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis. I really am having trouble getting my head around it. I understand the nature of celebrity in America. I understand the nature of sports celebrity in America. I understand that NF- the NFL has billions of dollars to spend. I understand that there have been bidding wars for some of the best broadcasters in the business, or at least the most established broadcasters in the business. John, I still don't understand why anybody would pay Tom Brady $375 million to do a job that he's never done before and a job that probably won't alter the ratings of the games he calls. I just have trouble understanding what the motivation here is here. It's really wild, Jim. Um, And if I'm Troy Aikman, if I'm Tony Romo, if I'm, you know, pick whatever fairly high profile color analyst has been in that job for a while, um, Holy cow, you know, what am I thinking with with this kind of thing? Now, here's where it, it in reading kind of some of the coverage of the Brady deal and trying to digest it, because it does not make a whole lot of sense. It seems like the way that networks are viewing putting uh a, viewing their their product these days is like this is the one thing that gets viewers into the seats to watch commercials um you know that's left on the planet and the only way to differentiate ourselves is to have like the guy that or the person that you just that just raises the level uh, or the feel of it you know in and of itself and but i think that your point is is exactly dead on it's like how much further can you go like if you put tom brady in that seat if you put sean salisbury in that seat if you put kirk cousins in that seat like what are people really actively tuning out of the nfl because of it maybe there might be a few more people that that tune in to check it uh what this tom brady guy has to say and what it seems like but i can't imagine it's worth that amount of money but apparently, with you see what what Aikman got is getting to move over to ESPN. What Herb Street's getting at Amazon and and all these others that that is that has been identified as the differentiator now is who you can have in that spot. And guys are reaping the the, the rewards of it. It's 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 insane to me. 
Welcome to the Viking Update Show. He's John Krasinski from The Athletic. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Our producer is Brandon Morton. We appreciate you listening to TalkNorth.com. We recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app to either the show or the network. It's free. It's easy. Also, check out Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider for the former general manager's view of what's going on with the purple and across the NFL. And thank you to our sponsors, StarBank, StarBank.net, and TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME. I mean... I could see Brady causing a bump if he was broadcasting a Patriots game or maybe even a Bucks yeah. game where you know you're going to get some special insights. Uh, I could see him causing a bump maybe right at the beginning of his contract where he, there's a curiosity factor. I could see maybe somebody staying tuned to a like a, an uninteresting game if Brady ends up being really good and you just you know and finds a way to entertain you, but. I, I just don't think he's that entertaining a guy. I, I really, I mean, you know, he's not Charles Barkley, you know, <laughs> he's, right. he, he's, he's going to sound a little robotic because that's who he is. He's probably, he's not going to tell a lot of stories out of, out of school because that's not who he is. And, and I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of blown away. And this is, and listen, I'm, I know that networks are not the same people as the NFL teams themselves, but it just shows you that this whole, uh, economic structure of the NFL and its affiliated businesses has more money than they have any idea what to do with. And they still screw their players every chance they get. Jim, I, I totally understand, um, you know, the, the kind of the concern I think that most viewers should have about Tom Brady stepping into that booth. Like we have watched his press conferences over oh. the years and they are so freaking boring and he does not say anything. Here's though, where I'm going to zag a little bit. And where I'm going to hold out some hope is that I think as he has gotten later into his career, certainly in Tampa, um, you know, especially. And then like when you see him, uh, it, you know, in that golf thing that he did with Peyton and Aaron Rodgers, um, with, uh, you know, kind of his ability when he steps away from like talking about the opponent that he is facing in the upcoming game, he's shown more um, color. He's shown more of a willingness to kind of go outside the box. Like I, I thought that it was really telling. I think you even wrote about this the other uh, last week about when he put that thing out on TikTok. You know, hey, you know what? Uh, the tuck rule may have been a fumble. Mm -hmm. Like it does seem like he is becoming a little bit more comfortable in his own skin. And so I could see a scenario where he does retire. And once he knows he's retired and he's not coming back and playing anymore, and he doesn't have anything to worry about in terms of retribution or bulletin board material or any of those things, I think that he could actually, if he wanted to cut open a vein and be pretty entertaining. It's just, will he do that? I, I don't know, but I think he has it in him. I don't like Kirk Cousins. I don't know that he has it in him. No, like I no chance. I did. He just. Does, I think Tom Brady wants to be kind of like the burr in the saddle. He wants to kind of get a rise, you know, a little bit and and say what's really on his mind. He's just waiting for the opportunity to do that, and I think this is an opportunity for him. So. That's why I do think that it actually could work out. Is he going to be worth $37.5 million a year or something like that? Yeah, no. Like, that's insane. But uh, but I do think that it has the potential to be much better than, like, let's say Drew Brees, who was just not good in his first year. Just not good. Like, so, so we'll see how it goes. But I think Tom could actually, you know, surprise us a little bit that way.
And as we were talking about this, yeah, we'll talk a little football later in the show as well, but I think this is really interesting. Uh, as we were talking about this, it kind of reminded me, you know, I think I mentioned to you on one of the recent John Krasinski shows, hey, I, I would never want to be an NBA referee. I wouldn't want to be an umpire. There, there are jobs that everybody is going to hate the person who does it almost by default. Yes. And one of, the, one of them is sports officials. Uh, one of them is sports columnists. And one of them is uh, broadcasters. I mean, it's like Troy Aikman, if I can get my head into some kind of objective space, I would probably say, okay, Troy Aikman's pretty good at what he does. You know, he knows what he's talking about. He has a good delivery, works well with Joe Buck. But when I'm listening to him, I'm like, God, Captain Obvious, give me something, man. You know, he's so bland. Right. And then I'll watch Chris Collinsworth. I'll be like, God, you're annoying. I used to like you. And I'll watch Tony <laughs> Romo. I'm like, okay, you can predict. Sometimes you can predict the next play is going to be, but you sound like you're four years old. I Sometimes I think there are just jobs that are engineered, so we're not going to appreciate the people doing them. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, it, it, the degree of difficulty to pull that off and have, you know, a strong segment of the population in your corner, yeah, it, it, it's, it's high for sure. Um, you know, because here's the other part of it. I mean, the dirty little secret is, is that, a lot of the fans who are watching or the media who are watching, you might think, us, I could do better than this. Like I, I talked to my TV all game long. Like I come up with wittier, <laughs> you know, wittier kind of sayings, or I come up with better examples, or I, you know, I have deeper knowledge of this or that. Um, you know, these guys don't know my team. Like they don't follow my team as closely as I do and, and all these things. And so like that I think is as big of a reason for the trouble um as anything else is that fans are so connected to their teams and follow it so closely and and so they hold it very personally and they immerse themselves in it to the point where they believe that if they were in that chair that they would just be the most intelligent most entertaining most uh you know charismatic funny person and everyone would love them when you really do realize that how difficult it is to check all of those boxes in that type of a of a role and also deal with all of the feedback that you get and 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 the the good and the bad and all that so yes it is it's not easy you know uh, not for Troy Aikman, not for Joe Buck in the play-by-play, not for Dave Benz, as we found out earlier this year, last week. I mean, all of these people, like it's a tough job. And, um, and, and so, you know, is it so tough that you should get 37 and a half million dollars? Yeah, maybe not, nah. but, but, nah. but it's not an easy seat to sit in. That's for sure. And I think, you know, let's face it, media jobs, sports media jobs are not, inherently difficult what's difficult is doing them in a way that you can actually have a career <laughs> it's like it's avoiding the pitfalls it's being good at but good at whatever your bosses want you to be good at without driving people crazy it's they're it, they're, they're weird jobs let's face it they're just weird jobs and i did a lot of manual labor uh put myself through college and as a young adult and this is a lot easier than that but this is also a lot trickier than that you know when i when i literally was digging ditches uh, I didn't have to activate my brain. I didn't have to worry about Twitter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. I mean, that the 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 number of voices and and I do think like that that is, I mean, to get into a bigger uh, 
kind of discussion here. Uh, the 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 thing about Twitter and social media, you can get direct feedback, and that's great, and everyone has a voice. But the bad thing is, everyone has a voice, mm-hmm. and your bosses pay attention. Oh, um, you know, Black Dog two seven zero seven eight seven six says you stink. Boy, maybe I should actually you know, think about this in my evaluation of your work. Like, you know, like that's the kind of, that's the kind of ridiculousness that these guys are exposed to all the time. And so I do see why people do choose their words more carefully. Sometimes I, heck I'll, I'll do it every once in a while on, on a podcast or on KFAN or whatever. Like, um, sometimes I do tread a little bit lightly just because of, you know, the feedback that I'm, you know, that I'm looking at on social media and like, and how ridiculous it can be. And that's, that's to my detriment. I shouldn't have let that um, affect me at all, but sometimes it does get in the back of your head. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, there are, there are, are very, very, very few Charles Barkley's out there. The guys who can get up there and do not care and say whatever is on their mind and do so without consequence. You know, um, that's the whole thing here. Um, and, and, and that is a very, very hard position to be in. And he has been in that position for like whatever, 20 years now. So, uh, he was grandfathered in, in a way, um, that, that Tom Brady will not be that Troy Aikman was not that, you know, that so many of these guys were not. And so, um, it's a very difficult environment out there. It's 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 tough to kind of take the arrows all the time and still figure out how to be bring something of substance to these broadcasts. I mean, if it if it's it's a lot like ref, NBA refereeing. Like I I I do get yep. on officials a little too much. I think sometimes, but you realize if they are if they're all struggling this bad, it must be a really hard job. Like yep. it must be very very difficult to do. And I think that's kind of some of the perspective that sometimes we need to take with with these things. All right, next week I'm going to ask you which of the uh, potential broadcast pairings you like or dislike the most. For today, we're actually going to switch now to some actual football talk. First, hey, big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about Star Bank. Star Bank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at Star Bank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services, you got it. Check out Star Bank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares. Starbank.net, member FDIC and equal housing lender. Also want to let you know that uh, we have loved working with TSR Injury Law for a long time. By the way, check out this week's John Krasinski show. Talks a lot about Dave Benz. And of course, we, as in this show, we thank TSR Injury Law. They've been supporting this show and the network for a long time now. Our friend Steve Terry will be back on on the uh, basketball show here soon. And all you need to remember is 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. John, last week or so, uh, I have almost been in four accidents where I literally knew somebody wasn't paying attention and knew they were going to run into me, and I had to drive like a stunt driver just to keep them from ramming me. There are horrible drivers out there. If somebody injures you, you're going to want good representation, 612-TSR-TIME. All right, to get to actual football now. We know that the Vikings are going to go to Philadelphia. We know that the Vikings are going to go to London. I've been to both places. Let me tell you, if you're a Viking <laughs> fan, you want to take a road trip, go to London. Do not go <laughs> to Philadelphia. Funny. The Brits are very polite. Uh, they'll try to convert you to soccer. They won't do anything more violent than that. In Philadelphia, they may try to kill you. 
it's the the flight is a little longer uh, the 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 cost of the trip will be a little more expensive but the experience will be uh worth it i would say yes if you're comparing those those two you and i have both been in philly for for vikings games uh it is not a fun place to be um and i know that people say oh philly fans we just get a bad rap you you guys all just think of to 30 years ago when we booed santa claus or whatever no 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 it's like that's a different beast in there it is it's it it I don't, I can't, I have a hard time describing it, just thinking back to that NFC title game and just what it was like, just even for media who were, you know, kind of who were neutral, but let alone, and I talked to a bunch of fans, I had some good friends that actually made the trip and, and they could not have gotten out of there fast enough. So, um, if, if, if you have the option, uh, absolutely London over Philly, Green Bay over Philly, Chicago, Detroit, any where else uh, on the schedule, any road uh, road game on the schedule outside of Philly, is that what I would say? Uh, it, it, Philadelphia, and listen, I think booing Santa is kind of funny. You know, I, I, sure. you know the, the, the old reputational stuff is kind of funny. And by the way, Philadelphia itself is a great really city. cool historic city. Uh, there are great places to live there. I know a lot of people who live there are very happy. There's a lot of cool stuff. When it comes to Eagles fans on game day, they are dangerous. Mm. I'm not making this up. I'm not being hyperbolic. They are dangerous. They will throw full beers at you. They will pour beer on you. The cops don't care. Uh, don't go to a game at Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, that. that I, I, when we went to the NFC title game, uh, we went out the night before, grabbed a couple of drinks with some friends. Awesome. Had a great time. Uh, you know, had a great meal. Uh, that, that, that was, again, the, you, there was weather issues that caused us to be stranded an extra night. So I actually grabbed another, uh, went to a, a steakhouse, uh, the Monday night after or whatever, whatever, and, and, and hung with a, a friend of mine and, um, and we had a steak and some wine and, and relaxing. It was awesome. It was just great. Like, so the social aspect of hanging out in Philadelphia, going out to bars, talking to people and, and the fans there and stuff in those environments fantastic really cool city to walk around to yep. see like all the stuff i'm a huge rocky guy i love the rocky statue like all that stuff um all of the history um at liberty bell all that's all stuff so great it's so much fun and so cool but you like i mean we took a drive through with um you know andrew kramer and mark craig we were all in the same car and we got steered into the philly fan lot instead of the media lot and we had to drive through that thing about three hours before the game and you would have thought we were walking into dante's inferno it was like yeah it, it was insane man like and and i am not one that is easily you know shaken or anything like that i generally enjoy like a rowdy hostile atmosphere i think it's fun uh, that was not fun. Absolutely not <laughs> at all. No, and the thing is doing the jobs we've done over the years. We've been in every major city in America. We've been in major cities around the world. We've been at places at 1, 2 a.m. looking for cabs. We've been in Times Square in the old days, uh, you know, 2 a.m. looking for a cab. Or and, and I've never felt the way I felt in that parking lot before and after the Eagles game. Uh, and good Lord. All right. Well, okay. Enough of that. Let's get to some actual football, uh, rookie camp. I know our favorite sporting event in the history, in the, in the whole yes. wide world of sports, rookie, rookie camp. Uh, uh, so let's, let's just hit kind of just so we play a little bit with the roster here. Uh, 
I'm going to offer you my view of the top few picks and see see what you agree with, what you disagree with. I think Seen is going to be a good player. Uh, everything I've seen, everything I've heard, uh, his interviews, he gives me the impression of somebody I think you can kind of count on him being a good player. Is he going to be a superstar? I don't know. But I think he's a good player. Uh, Booth and Ingram, I think, are going to determine whether we look at this draft as a success or as an utter disaster. Booth is a talented guy who's, de- who's dealt with injuries. Ingram is a talented guy who uh, has a real questionable pass. So I, I'm really most interested in seeing how Booth shows up in this camp and how and over the summer. What's your thought on those three? Yeah, I, I think that I agree with you. I would welcome. I want to see like Lewis seen in person, you know, with a helmet on, because he he is he's such a big dude. And I, I was listening to him for for fans who are out there and want to check out some things on him. He appeared with Richard Sherman on his podcast um, this week and you listen to him and just the way that he talks about the game, the way that he just talks in general, like, Hey, this is a bright, smart, Mm -hmm. um, you know, engaging guy. Like I, so I I can absolutely see what the Vikings really liked in him from it. Not just a, you know, on the field production standpoint, which you played, if you play for the university of Georgia defense, you're already, I'm already in with you. But then when I think it can elevate when you get around him and you listen to him and you see how he thinks the game and you see, you know, just kind of his overall energy and charisma. Like I, I think all of that is in his favor. So um, I, I totally agree with you on that. I think he can be a really good player in this league. Booth is the, I think is the real wild card in yep. terms of, because like he's, if you, if you talk to people who are draft observers, like probably a first round talent, if he didn't have all these injuries, yep. you know, and so, like, the thing that was interesting on draft day when he got picked is, you know, he said, basically, you know, I haven't been healthy since high school. And, you know, he's, he said that meaning, like, he's finally feels like he's turned that corner and he's got through it. And so now you're really going to be able to see the real him and, and all of that. But it's also kind of concerning that you haven't been healthy since high school when you're playing a contact sport like this. Um, and so is his body going to be able to hold up to the punishment that it's going to take? Because skill level wise seems super intriguing. Seems like a, a, a great, um, you know, a great flyer to take there if he can stay healthy. And here's the other key Jim that we are going to first really kind of start to look at um, this new Vikings regime is for the first time in forever, Eric Sugarman is not the one who is monitoring the, you know, the athletic training staff and the medical side of the equation for the Vikings. And um, this is a new kind of medical staff that has come in along with a new coach, along with a new GM at the top of the food chain. And so this will, I think, be a very early test for this new staff and how they handle players with injury histories and trying to get them healthy and keep them healthy. Because one thing that Eric Sugarman did very, very well in his time with the Vikings was if a player got hurt, they came back at 100% or more, far more often than not, right? So um, so that's what, it, you know, that and that won't materialize here in the next uh, two months or, or, or three months, but that's what I'm going to be watching going into the season with Booth and just like, can this, can this staff 
kind of put him in a position where he is fully healthy and can be a contributor playing and play out week in and week out. A former star NFL player says the Vikings have a chance to have the NFL's best secondary. We'll start probably next week's show with an examination of that. Is he being crazy or is he see something that we should see as well? Hey, thank you for listening to talknorth.com. Thanks for listening to the Viking Update show. And we'll have more on the rookies and the roster next week.